0: Hi, and thanks for joining us today on the ProGrace Podcast, where we're having new conversations about abortion. I'm Angie Wesley, and our hope with this podcast is that as we take the risk to have honest, non-political discussions about this important issue, that you will be inspired to do the same. So today we're here in Phoenix, where it's 80...
1: Yay. I mean, <laughs> Especially yay, since I just came out of uh, Arctic Blast in yes. Chicago, thank goodness. Absolutely. Yeah, for those of us in
2: Phoenix, we're jealous of the snow, because <laughs> we want to wear our fall clothes and our boots, and it still feels like summer. I know, you guys all look so
0: cute in your little summer outfits. So, Denise is here. Thank you. Thank goodness I made it. <laughs> I
1: yeah. will tell that
0: story in a second. But um, we're here with Tammy Abernathy, who's the executive director of Hope Women's Center in downtown Phoenix. Yes, we've known you for three, yes. going on three and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness, you're our favorite person in the whole state. Aww, <laughs> thank you, These
2: girls are my favorite. Oh Aww. my
0: gosh, we just love being in partnership with you. And Tammy's organization is. The first, I think, organization that became yeah. Pro Grace as we launched this new organization. So we're going to have a great conversation with you today about some things you're seeing. I'm excited to. You're in that. Phoenix, yeah. 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 Before that, though, I have a, a, I almost said a beef to pick. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting Uh-oh. bad with you. A bone to pick. I'm wearing. You're off. starting to. You. You. She is wearing I'm off on spending you. Spending <laughs> too much time with me, <laughs> with Denise. So I get a text as I'm headed to the airport because we had snow in Denver too, and Denise is like, my flight is delayed. You know, I may not get out of here. And so I think the text just became progressively frantic through the evening, Denise.
1: Well, as I became progressively frantic, because first of all, O'Hare was so crowded. I thought we were going to run out of food. I was going to start stealing from people. It was going to become like (laughs) every man. No, I've never seen it like this. It was like every man for himself. And so, and I waited at O'Hare for seven hours and then miraculously, my flight took off because yesterday 1,200 flights were grounded. There was a plane that skid off the runway. They closed a runway. So it's amazing that I got here, but I left so late. I wasn't going to get into... Phoenix until about 1130 at night. And Angie texted me and said, I'm going to sleep. Yes, that's right. I did go to sleep about 930. I was tired. And she gave me all these directions about how to get in our Airbnb. And it was so confusing. And I was like, first of all, she's like, the code is either pound something, 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 or it's not oh, the pound no. first, you put the pound second. I wasn't second. sure. Yeah, I wasn't and sure about that. And then go right and then left. And anybody who knows me knows that the, that's, you know, whenever I have to do a right and a left in the <laughs> same, just, it, it, really late at night. And then- This was supposed to be my story. Oh, sorry. But go no, ahead. go ahead. Keep, no, you, no, keep going. And yeah. then what?
0: And then what? Because you told me I'm, my directions were brilliant. This is what you told me face to face. And now we're on the
1: podcast.
0: I know, but- You're throwing me under the When I
1: was at the airport, I was freaking out like first of all she doesn't even know if the how, what the code is to get in the gate and then go right and then go left and then go in front of this one parking space and then right. walk behind it which and- is perfectly laid out in the photograph you even admitted to so that. the my poor uber driver i'm like please don't leave me here just go right and then left and then wait you know so i did i did make it in.
0: you did but the story i was gonna tell is at about seven o'clock or six o'clock arizona time uh, i got a text that says you're not praying hard enough because
2: oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's all on your shoulders oh, yeah because right. you said
0: you would pray but then they delayed my flight even so more. you said you're not praying hard enough and I said hello pro grace have you forgotten right. what we're She's all like, about stop being legalistic
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is not about how hard I pray but But it did work. It did get out right, and really, I think we were the only plane. I don't know. So, um, so sorry, Angie. I'll never (laughs) tell you again. I might tell you your directions are freaking me out. But I would never say that enough. you're not praying hard. Really
0: enough. hurt my feelings. Yep. I mean, come on. Are we about grace or <laughs> what? Right, Tammy? Grace. We are. We gotta be grace. the real thing, even to, exactly. in moments of stress. Even in
2: directions and flights yes. being delayed mm-hmm. and all of that. Yes. Right. So, but we exactly. are glad to be here. We
0: are. It's so lovely too. here. Yeah. But it's beautiful here. And mm-hmm. you spend a lot of time, Tammy, talking to um church leaders and church folks mm-hmm. here they in do. Phoenix. Um, about the issues of unintended pregnancy yes. and abortion, as well as
2: other other issues that women right. face, because you guys do more serve women in all difficult life situations, right? So, yes, across the board, which is why we love ProGrace, and I joke that it's become my love language because <laughs> it is, it definitely is so. Um, powerful in the mm. issue of unintended pregnancy yeah. but also really in any issue that we see women facing and struggling with the model that Jesus gave us of mm. grace and building that bridge to her through grace yeah. Yeah. and then being able to to have that relationship where we can share his truth but we've done that through the path of grace mm. I love I right. just mm fully have just embraced this grace language and model.
0: Well, I hope you can help Denise embrace it cuz that's what I'm missing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: I'm a woman in no, struggle. I need right. some she
2: grace. Needs to show that grace. <laughs> right.
1: Yes, I know. But you know, again, stranded at the airport and I was mm-hmm. going to steal from people. No no food. Food. Wasn't, no food. Yeah, I just was it no yeah, I wasn't in, feeling. I wasn't in a place <laughs> of uh, yeah. Oh, so yes,
0: I'm hoping you can bring Denise into the fold of <laughs> sure sure we'll for understanding we do at home. Of, of grace. Right. <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll I'm going to send her to your progress to training progress at home. Thank you, Tammy, <laughs> over and over again. Yes, right, right, right. Until I get it. Like I'm a little slow. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Tammy, what we wanted to talk to you about today is in your work, you're out in the Christian community a ton. Yes. Talking to people, because the church really has these resources that could help women and men in all sorts of struggle, but you work specifically with women. And so we wanted just to chat today about what are some things you're hearing Mm -hmm. that you feel like is holding the church back? Like how can we help encourage the church? What are maybe even some mental models we have or subconscious thought patterns that we don't realize Mm -hmm. that
2: keep us from engaging
0: in this issue?
2: And I think a lot of what I come across is just mental models or things that we have just always presumed to understand mm-hmm. about women with unintended pregnancy. And one of the things that has been so powerful about progress for us as a ministry and as I engage with churches and just the, the church at large in the community is helping them break down some of those mental models. And then just the beauty of the fact that you talk about this a lot in your training, that God's answer is the church. Mm, yeah. The church has so much um, that they can have an impact with women facing unintended pregnancy and how can we be better at engaging. And some of that is breaking down some of these ideas that we have about women facing unintended pregnancy. And one of the ones that I hear a lot is just the idea that this is a very flippant or callous decision that a woman Mm -hmm. is making that she is not She's not wanting to have her life be impacted by this pregnancy, so she is deciding on taking really what is perceived as an easy way out mm. through an abortion, that she is not thinking through this, that this is a form of birth control for her, and I always tell people in the eight years that I've been working with women through Hope Women's Center, I have yet to meet that woman, right? that, that stereotypical right. woman, because yeah. the women that I see are in deep pain mm. and struggle and grieving this, that they are facing this, um, difficult decision. And in many cases they are in living in just really horrific situations that to them, it is more of a mercy to consider not bringing this, this baby into the world than to bring it into the conditions of abuse that she is already living in. So being able to hear her story, Mm -hmm. to really understand her suffering, and then to be able to bring hope into that, um, by saying, you know, how, what do you need? How can I walk with you? Mm -hmm. Um, But really understanding that that struggle, it's not flippant and it's not Mm -hmm. something she's undertaking lightly. This is life and death. This is a life and death decision or struggle that she's seeing for both her and this child. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was really eye-opening for me. It Mm -hmm. definitely, through the years, has really changed my understanding of women that are facing this struggle.
0: Well, that's a question for you because if this is something that you're seeing that's a common mental model in the Christian community... How can we change? You know, what was that journey like for you? What, because what can we all do to understand? And I don't think anyone does anyone say that to you? I don't even know if it's a conscious thought. It's almost just leaks out subconsciously, it, yes, doesn't it, does. it?
2: It does. I mean, sometimes people will. I'll make comments about that being just a flippancy, or she just wants to, I'll hear sometimes as I share about pro-grace, you know, people will question back or push back on, well, I see women where they think that it's just an easy decision. I'm like, really, are you seeing that? Or is that just what you're hearing? Right. Mm-hmm. Because many times, even in the women that um, seem to be the most pro in making sure they have this choice, there's a lot of deep um, thought and pain behind that. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people, the more that someone is passionate about this issue, the the more that you're there's some underlying things that and pain there mm-hmm. that they're struggling with. Um, but I think the power of proximity has been the yeah. most okay. powerful thing for me okay. is really getting to know women that are struggling and understanding their situation, where they're coming from, and then understanding they don't have the resources. And I think that happens a lot too um, because we're in a different, we're coming at this in a different place. We have resources, we have support, we have financial resources. And the women that I'm working with, They don't have a church community. They don't have a family that's supporting them. Um, Most of the time, it's their family that's pressuring them in this decision. And so to be able to walk with them, to understand that, to understand that this is They're they're in a completely different situation as they're facing this, and how can we bring that support? That's where I think the church can have such a powerful impact by walking with a woman. And I think that your studies, your research and studies have shown, and everything that I have read too, the shame that's affixed to that, and the shame that women feel from the church. The church is the last place that they turn mm-hmm. to. And this is where I get so passionate when yeah. I talk to churches and youth yeah. groups because if you look at the abortion rate in the church and out of the church for teens, it is it is pretty much the same. And I think if our own kids yeah. who mm-hmm. understand God, who understand his love and his, and his creation... Are choosing that because the shame of carrying that unintended pregnancy in church and in their youth group is so great that they're making that choice of abortion, then we have got the message. Whatever we're communicating is not addressing this in a way that is trying is really addressing Mm -hmm. God's heart for this. So until we can get youth and until we can get past the shame and really help our teens to know and those in our church to know, we are the place to come because we all are broken and we mm-hmm. all are in need of God's grace right, yeah. we all sin yeah, so right. if we can come and know that the church is the place for us to be safely yeah. to walk through whatever it is that we're struggling with then you have a safe place with mm-hmm. which to share that struggle yeah. and then I believe that the church really can be that healing place yeah. um, to walk yeah. in this journey
1: I love what you're saying about the power of proximity I even love those words yeah, Um good. I'm sure I got that from somebody because somebody maybe that you came up three. with it Yourself. Yeah. No. no, you no.
2: Think so? I'm not that smart, but thank you. It, I'm gonna Google it. Just and a find big out. Right, right. No, I
1: love it. Power of proximity. Because it, it actually it takes me back to who Jesus is, he's and who God is. Yes. Such a relational knows yes. us individually, every hair yes. on our head, and even in the gospels when he engaged so many of his stories are with one person understanding yes, their, their specific yeah. situation. And I really think stereotyping is a is a tool of the evil one because okay. when we can blatant, blatantly paint a whole group of people as they're like this, right. they think this way, right. they're making their decision this way, because then it's this, easier this, this. To, to judge and, and point a finger. But like you said, and maybe speak more to that, when you get up close with one person, um and I think that's what the church is called to do. I, I wonder what if we've lost tell. some of that. Yeah. I'm I don't know, you know, but um that makes such a difference yes. in in how we journey with, with somebody who's hurting.
2: I think that's so true. And when I, when I look at the gospels and I look at the stories of Jesus again and again, he was not afraid to go into those hard places. He always, right. would. he ate with right. people that mm. thought completely differently than him, right. yeah. that were shunned, that were the outcast in the religious culture. He was there in the middle of them, breaking yeah. bread and getting to know them. He never compromised his message. He always shares truth, yeah. but he does it within the context of relationship yeah. and grace. And so then when his truth comes, it's, It comes because someone knows he cares for them. And we see that again and again in scripture. And I think that is a powerful piece that the church can really, um, I think the church can really speak better into. If we can get past the idea, there's a fear of other, there's a fear Mm. of that we stereotype and we think, well, I can't talk to that person that thinks this way Mm -hmm. because we're never going to agree. Or I can't talk to... That group of people because they are making choices that don't align with God's word, but to really be able to hear their stories, mm-hmm. to understand their pain, where they're coming from, and it—it looks. I tell people all the time at Hope, my brokenness, my struggles look different than yours, mm-hmm. but the bottom line is we're all struggling, mm-hmm. and God's grace yeah. is sufficient for us both, right. and His grace pours into us both. Yeah. So even though you may think differently on an idea on a on something that I do, or even then I think God's word has to say into, until I can hear your story and understand what has led you to that point and build that relationship and really hear your heart, then I can begin to speak Mm -hmm. that loving, that truth Mm -hmm. lovingly Mm -hmm. and let God do the work because it's God that does the work. We tell that a lot to our staff. God is doing the work in the woman's life. We are providing that. That means that channel for him to do that. Mm-hmm. So we get to walk with her. We get to love her. Show her love that she's probably never yeah. experienced a lot of times. A love that it doesn't have judgment with it. Right. That is just true love. That's Christ's love. Yeah. And that just says, we are here to walk with you. Yeah. We want to know what you need. I love the story of one of the women that you share (laughs) the story in the video. That's so powerful. I talk about that all the time. Not asking what are you going to do, but what do you need? Mm -hmm. That's so powerful that we really try to do that in all these situations. Just what Mm -hmm. do you need? How can we be a support to you. Yeah. Because that gives her the freedom to go, okay, there might be another way. There might yeah. be more than I can see in this crisis right. yeah. that I'm facing right and now. And
1: we can't really genuinely, with our whole heart, ask somebody that question until we've heard their story yes. and see their circumstances, the pain they're in, the struggles. Yes. And then we can genuinely say, Wow. Yeah. What do you need? How can I journey with you? And it'll really mean something. Yes. And um,
0: OK, so I'm going to dive in. I didn't tell you guys I was going to do this, but I have um, our podcast we recorded with our friend Laura mm-hmm. echoing in my head. Um, we're doing all of season two at one time. So, Tam, you haven't heard this yet. I haven't. But Laura talks about as a person who's not of the Christian faith, when she hears the podcast, when she hears a word like sin or broken, it's a trigger to her. Yeah. Because she wonders, because uh, she grew up hearing, if you sin, you're a sinner, you're going to hell, this whole package. Mm-hmm. And loaded with shame. And so then she's like, well, if you as Christians are saying, she was sweet. She's like, I hope Angie and Denise don't think so badly about themselves that they're quote unquote broken. So can we just unpack this a little bit mm-hmm. as believers of what we're saying? Because I I think this is what triggers the church. And and yeah. we've talked about this, Tammy, is that, you know, there's a sin involved in a woman being pregnant yes. if she wasn't married. Um, and so it keeps us silent and keeps us... but. But do we really kinda of loved what you said with the youth group, you know, if if our youth aren't coming to tell us that they're pregnant, are we gonna look at ourselves and say maybe our message is wrong mm-hmm. or are we gonna blame them? Right. And I think it's the same mm-hmm. the way we talk about quote unquote sin. Is our message wrong? Or are we yeah. just gonna keep right, blaming right. people? So Let's unpack this, the three of us, and let's try not even to use that word sin. Mm -hmm. Is there a different way to define it Mm -hmm. that comes closer to the heart of God than what our friend heard, which is, you sin, you're a sinner, you're going to hell, this whole package of shame.
2: Right. Right. Yes, and I think one of the things that we've talked a lot at Hope about, and I and this is from a, a counselor here in town that has um, that taught that came and did this teaching for us that I loved, and he goes through an explanation of sin that was one is one of the best that I've heard, mm. especially in thinking about the women that we work with of three different types of sin okay. in terms of sin and creation. Just c- when creation is broken, we see that in floods and famine and we see major things of brokenness in creation. We see that in things like cancer. So it wasn't, God created a perfect world right? and sin entered the world and has created a brokenness. So he talks about the sin of creation. So when you see things in like his case, it was a medical condition that really led to a lot of self, um, self esteem issues and self harm right. and just that um that, that was a brokenness that came in creation. He he didn't ask for that disease to right. be he upon didn't him. Do anything. He didn't do anything didn't, wrong, yeah. nothing. He was right. completely innocent. So that is just a sin that happens in creation. It's nothing to do with him. And then in his life he had experienced abuse so that is sin that someone else committed against mm-hmm. him that's nothing that again is not him but then how he responds in some in some areas in his life and he had struggled with some addiction issues those were choices he was making that he knew was not in accordance to God's word. So that was three. So there was sin in creation, sin committed against him, and sin that he made as a result of a lot of that brokenness. And I loved that picture for us because I thought that was really powerful because many times if I'm talking to a woman that's facing abuse, she is not the one that has caused... This this right. has been done to, to her. her. Exactly. So sin, in that sense, it's freeing for her to know this is brokenness. This is not what I tell women all the time is this is not how God created His world to be. Yeah. God created a perfect world where you are going to be in harmony. We are in harmony with each other. There is no brokenness. There is no abuse. There is no pain. There is no shame. Right. And God will give that. God is coming back to bring that right again. He is going to make everything right with creation again. So that will come back. But in, this meantime, in the meantime, yeah. we live in this tension mm-hmm. and in this place. So that is where Christ comes right now into the midst of that with you and brings hope mm-hmm. and healing. So even when that sin has been something that has been done to you, right. you can find that hope and healing right now in him. Yeah. Right. But what if it's something we've done ourselves? And even the way
0: we frame it.
1: Well, and and what's interesting with the way you described it, and I totally agree, but I don't think those three things can always be separated. No, and I, I think agree. that's mm-hmm. where, especially in mm. this issue, okay. yep. we want to separate the one piece of it that maybe is a decision this woman is facing right now. Right with this unplanned pregnancy, and I don't know that we can, because I think the brokenness of creation, what has been done to us in sin and our own choices are so... It is a mesh, yes. Mm -hmm. and, And again, does that mean there's no... Grace or transformation, of course there is, but we have to walk through that whole picture together with somebody and understand the complexity of it versus just looking at the one, one moment in time, one piece, one decision and thing we can, we only have to
2: enter in there. And that's where I think for mm. us, it's been transformational to understand those three different types because when sin is a trigger word and right. when we say sin, right. we automatically, there's shame, yes. there's that feeling of this is something that that person could could have controlled. Right. That's one of the stereotypes. Okay. Like this is something that person did. I see this when I work with women in abuse or homelessness, like yeah. why doesn't she get a job? Yeah. What has she done that has gotten her to this place? Right. Yeah. But that's not how God sees that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, our world is broken right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And that is, so for me... I think when I, I think that frees us to understand that there is brokenness on many levels and we all, it's, no one is immune from it. We all are impacted in some way by sin and brokenness. And for me, especially as an Enneagram one, love the Enneagram, (laughs) and as a perfectionist, it actually frees me to understand I can't be perfect. I'm never going to be perfect on this side of heaven. And so there is a freedom in that, in that God's grace, because I mess up and I I mess up, and I have. I have. I have been in all of those situations. Right. I have had abuse committed against me. I have made poor choices, and I have sinned. Yeah. And yet, God's grace has been so healing mm-hmm. and sufficient in that. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I feel like the hope that we can give to a woman that is struggling. Yeah. But it, the pregnancy, and we've talked about this, The if God creates life, the pregnancy is not the sin. Right. The sin, and that's what I love about the pro training, the sin is two people and that is a separate issue. Right. The unintended pregnancy, God still created that life. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that has to, that is not the sin. And if we treat it like that, then how are we asking her, to walk in this pregnancy right. at the same time that she's feeling the judgment yeah. of the sin. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just um, talking to
0: someone today. We had a really powerful conversation with a young woman today who um, talked about feeling like she was wearing a big red letter. I mean, goes back to that yeah. Scarlet Letter novel yeah. by Nathaniel Hawthorne. Yeah. And I think if I can just say this about Christian, I'll say this cause I am one. <laughs> I am a Christian. I think this is a way to feel better about ourselves. So, so let me say, if I'm a Christian and I don't know the grace of God for myself, right. and I have an addiction or I have this unhealthy thing or I feel shame, I'm trying to hide that mm-hmm. so I can focus on abortion. Right. Or there's a couple other issues which we won't bring up because we can't talk about every issue on this podcast. Mm-hmm. But I'll focus on abortion as that's what's really bad right. so I can feel better about myself. Right. Um, and I think that's where I'd love to see us open that up mm-hmm. as Christians and say, what are we missing about right. the grace of God? Right. We, we throw this word sin about, but it's usually about yeah. other people. Yeah. So if we really believe it, what yeah. about my issues, right. where I've been harmed, where I live in a broken world, yeah. and where I make bad choices. Because if I live in that reality, yeah. then I don't look at anybody walking in Hope Women's Center as any, any different, different than me. Yeah. And that's what I was trying to say to Laura. Yeah. It, you know, for, for And I, I'm trying to understand it is a trigger word because Christians have used it as a as weapon. A yeah. Yeah.
1: We've used it to yeah. make
0: other people feel bad. To but condemn if, and to shame and to right. judge. But if yeah. we can enter in and say, Hi, I'm Angie. Here's what I'm struggling with. Mm-hmm. I mean, to select trusted people who won't tell me I'm not praying
1: hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You just need to pray I'm harder. Just for that place. Wait, uh, I think you just committed a
0: <laughs> sin against me. No. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Though is that making sense? Yeah,
2: yeah. It is, and at Hope we use the term mutual brokenness, and this mm-hmm. is one of our key um, things that we train all new volunteers in. Just like it's like we are all, no one is any different. We all have a, an area that we struggle that causes us yes. pain, um, and so we are on the same pl- field yes. as this, as this, any woman that we're serving. Right. We're not here because we're better than her. We have it figured out. Mm. We don't have we don't have the same you know sin issue. Like we're all here because mm-hmm. we have struggled. We have done things wrong. We have had wrongs committed to us. We are struggling. We are struggling. (laughs) Absolutely. We're We're not continuing. This is a journey. We are never going to be perfect. We are never going to not struggle in areas, but we are here to serve her because we know the power of hope and healing that Christ brings. And we know because we experience it, we walk in it. And so all we get is the joy of sharing that with her to offer that to her.
1: And it was interesting because I, in our conversation with Laura, I was like, and she, and she really did truly feel bad for us saying, do you guys really look at yourself as these sinners and so broken? And I said, Laura, um, sadly in your upbringing, in your, in your time at, at the church that, that she grew up in, you only heard half the story. So, because we don't look at ourselves like that because mm-hmm. we know we have this new identity in Christ mm-hmm. and there's such freedom in that. So, and that, as you say, that just gives us joy and hope. Mm-hmm. So no, we don't look at ourselves as these horrible, broken people. We look at ourselves as perfect in the image of Christ. As image bears. And that's, so, yeah, um, I love that. But I think And there- I think we're, we're sometimes, especially in this issue, missing telling the whole story.
0: Well, and I do think because you grew up differently than I did, Denise and Tammy. I don't know enough about your upbringing, but I did grow up mm. similar to Laura, hearing that I was sinful and a sinner and bad and God was mad at me. Mm. And I did point the finger at
2: other people
0: mm. to feel better about myself. And too. so, oh, you, did so you didn't, yeah, didn't did get too. the whole story I either. I grew no. Up very yeah.
2: Perfectionist legalism. Oh, right. Yeah.
0: Yes. In the name yeah. of Christ is how yes. it came to me. It yes. came to me as, yeah. as, as this yeah. is God. And so when I started understanding the love of God, yes. the radical sacrifice of Jesus, what that means, I've had a complete mm. transformation. Yeah. I'm like a totally different person. I tell you stories yeah. about how I was, Denise, and yeah. you can't believe it yeah. because I I was that person. And so I, that's why I think, it's not that I'm harder on the church, but I, I do want to call the church to really look at the gospel, yes. to really look at Jesus yeah, and yeah. what he says is, right. Let he who's without sin throw the first stone stone and stoner, and And nobody could, because he's the only perfect one. And so, I do think yes, we can. We can keep saying, "Oh no, we as the church feel this way." But the reason you know Laura has that impression is there are a lot of Christians delivering that message. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I want to see God do something in us where we actually believe. The gospels we preach, we actually believe, internalize, feel the grace and the love and the forgiveness of God, because that has changed me. Mm -hmm. That's my story. That's what's changed me. I don't know about you, Tammy. You're nodding. Is that your story too?
2: 100%. Coming out of that... that feeling of i have to i have to earn it i have to do it i'm never going to and then understanding god's grace mm. is so sufficient for every time yep. that i'm failing which yep. i a lot which i'm a lot Same. but so sufficient and yeah. so because mm. out of that place of understanding forgiveness and grace then i am so much more able to mm-hmm. understand and walk with a woman yeah. that is in pain and right. that is struggling to be able to say i have experienced this and i want this for you too because right. this is god's love Yeah. Right. And
0: there's hope on the other side. So for Mm -hmm. me, I'm so glad he took me to the end of myself so I could understand grace because the living like this is so freeing. So that's what you're describing, Denise. It's, it's freedom. You know, I, I'm actually making better choices now knowing that everything's forgiven. I don't go and make worse choices. And
2: I think that's what Christians are afraid of. I was going to say that is a stereotype. The idea I've actually been in conversations recently where someone was saying, you know, grace is too freely used. (laughs) And I was like, "How? Go back to like show me where Jesus yes. says that. Yes. Yes. It's
0: that right. fear
2: that be, being yeah. talking about grace is a license to sin, and right. yet it's exactly the opposite. Because when you have fully experienced, and I know this in my life, coming out of legalism and all of that, um, and under a spirit of judgment." Hmm. to be able to fully experience God's grace makes me love him and serve him 100% more than when I was doing it under a spirit of legalism.
1: And sadly, I think in the church around this issue and, and maybe others as well, we've forgotten what Jesus has called us to be responsible for. And we've taken on what he's responsible for. And, you know, recently, Mm -hmm. even around, you know, our work with Pro Grace and some personal things, I mean, I've been, God's been speaking to me on that, saying, just guide people toward me, show them who I am, and let me take care of the rest. And I think we have taken on the role that we have to do, the role of judging, the role of, you know, this certain kind of truth-telling and pointing out the sin and da 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 And and I don't know where we've ever gotten that message because I don't read that in the Bible. Well, it's
0: exactly the opposite. Again, I know I keep going back to John 8, but it's like you people who have sinned, Mm -hmm. you don't get to throw the stone. Mm -hmm. Or you people who are part of the same human condition, Jesus is there in that story. He doesn't throw the stone either, right? Mm -hmm. Because he knows he's going to make this sacrifice. But I know we have taken up, yeah. and I think that's a wrong interpretation yeah. of our faith. That's yeah. where we've gotten the message wrong, right. to your point, Tammy,
1: mm-hmm. is we've tried to take on the role yeah. of God. And sadly, with the wrong approach and message, we're doing some damage.
2: That has been the most heartbreaking for me. And and I because my kids are in their tw- young 20s, yeah. early 20s, young 20s, early, <laughs> my young kids are in their early 20s, um, that is, it's such a passionate thing for me yeah. as I see their peers leaving the church. Mm. And as I've done some research and just some work in in graduate classes on talking to them, I am constantly astounded by how many grew up in a church environment, but have turned their back because they don't feel the church wants them. And doing Mm. a pro, I was doing a progress teaching recently and I had a woman, a young millennial that was there that was saying to me, you know, my generation feels like it's not that they don't want the church. The church doesn't want them. Oh my gosh. We got to stop and camp on that. Wow. Wow. I just was like, I just, I was speechless for a few minutes to think that is how this wow. generation feels because of things they're struggling with. Yeah. Instead of being mm-hmm. able to turn to the church at large and say, I'm really struggling with this issue or that issue, they feel like the church doesn't want me wow. because yeah. I don't fit into this box. Right. And that breaks my heart.
0: Yeah. Breaks our heart mm-hmm. because God wants us.
2: And he never shies away from no. anything. I mean, that's he died for, yes. for those very things that, really that, that they us. are feeling shunned yeah. for. Yeah, yes. he 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 came for them. He right. loves them. Pursues, yes. Yes. pursues
0: them. He wants us. Yes. And the fa- and this is where I feel like, oh my gosh, I want to turn as a believer if I'm ever giving the message. That message mm-hmm. to someone that the yeah. tr- my church doesn't want them or God doesn't want them. They that is that's tragic mm-hmm. yeah. and awful. Yeah. Let let's talk about sins. Yeah. That's a that's a bad yeah. one. Yeah. And it's so not to Denise's point, it's not who God no. is.
1: No. And again, I think it's us taking on his responsibility. He he's not surprised. By anything mm-hmm. happening in this world today. Or in our own lives. Issues that kids yes. are facing with. Right, the state right. of the world and every... Right. He knew it all. He's prepared for yes. it. He can handle it. Yes. Uh, and we're afraid. We're freaking out. We're freaking out. We're freaking out. <laughs> no, we're freaking this out. is falling. Right. <laughs> um, and he's in control. Yeah. And we we forget that sometimes and I think try to do his and work for out of for fear, mm-hmm.
2: then we react yeah. in these ways. And I think I do want to bring it back to the... Again, to just the message that the church is the answer. It's God's answer for the for this issue and for so many issues in our culture. And I can say me too in the sense of I've struggled in the church of being that judgmental person because that is I came with that spirit and God has broken that in me. Um, So I. So I can see both sides of that, but I so passionately believe Mm -hmm. in the local church as being the agent of change. So I want to encourage the church, engage the church, inspire them to understand. You have we have the answer. So how can we get? How can we break the barriers down that someone feels like they can't come to us with an unintended pregnancy? How can we break those walls down where we are the first place a woman turns when she is struggling? She goes, I can go to that church. They are going to Love me, they are gonna walk with me. They want me. They want me. They want me. How can we be that but the church
1: can only be the answer if that church lets Jesus be the answer? Jesus is the answer. Instead of taking it on themselves. I mean, and yes, that was his plan for the church, but we we have to let him lead. Yes.
0: Well and I think too, we have to know him for ourselves. And so that's where I always go back to. Which is good. Not that that's easy, but it's simple. Mm -hmm. It's simple. We just have to let him permeate us, you know, and those Jesus stories. We have to believe that were we there in John 8, the experience, he would have done the same thing for us. Like, this is who he is. I think we as believers need to immerse ourselves more in him Mm -hmm. and who he is for us and find that healing. Then we're going to be able to. Because you're right, Tammy, when I was feeling judged, I was judgmental of others. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, when hurt you're living, under hurt that, others. Yep. Yeah.
2: And I think that so much. When I'm, when I was living under that spirit of religion and, yes. and legalism, then yes. absolutely, it was much easier to say, to have that spirit of judgment yes. because mm-hmm. I was feeling that way. Yep. And like just, you said, we, one of your grace. first yeah,
1: um, comments, the only way, I mean, I think we can do that is by, what did you call it? The power of proximity. Power of proximity. We have to, uh, push past our fear Mm -hmm. of engaging with somebody who Mm -hmm. is doing something we might not agree Mm -hmm. with, or thinking something we might not agree with, or, and getting to know them and walking alongside them. And, um, Jesus changes us through those experiences. Yes, it does. does. Amen. Preach it, ladies. Mm -hmm. You know, um,
0: we keep using that word power of proximity. So, um, yes, what I was going to say is that we keep using this word power of proximity and I thought I was turning on the music and I turned off the recording. Uh (laughs) We're going to have to (laughs) stitch this together. And in full disclosure to everybody listening to the podcast, I said a bad word.
1: She did. Don't, and don't I, say what it was. grace we have grace for Because yeah, yeah, we're I, pro-grace. I, I, grace. We do. I first called it out as a, as a sin. I, and I, now we're having and then grace. And I called it out as grace. Because yeah, right. <laughs> pro-grace is my language. And I'm sitting
0: here like, oh, God, please help someone be able to stitch this together. Because oh. in full disclosure, I don't know how to do podcasts. Right. I just sit with this Fisher-Price machine. <laughs> Look, now I'm turning on the music. I hope this helps people know that if we can have conversations, yeah,
1: anybody <laughs> can, clearly.
0: <laughs> Thank grace. you both for pointing the way to Jesus. I hope um, everyone's inspired to go out and try to have these conversations. Take care.